Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Good Vibe Show on the Royal Ladies Empire podcast dedicated to unity, mental maturity, and personal development. I'm your hostess, Jules Crown. This is a multi-part series that we are discussing called Deciding When to Let Go, relationship-based topics. We're on part three, when it's time to let go. That's where we're at with it. Um, feel free to, um, you know, chat along with any additions you have to the topic while we do this live, which will go out already recorded. If you feel as if you heard anything you wanted to add to the conversation or add to the topic, you're welcome to do so respectfully in the comment section. So now that we got that out the way, let's get straight into part three. Do you think it's better for us to end this? Start to think, is the person I love on the same page as me? Or or am I even on the same page as them? That's really important to know because everyone does not show, show love the same or even receive love the same. That's why dating is so crucial and taking time to learn someone is very detrimental. We often get so caught up with the idea of love, we neglect all that comes with it. Before we know it, we're in over our heads. That shouldn't be an issue, right? Well, in the perfect world, no, but some of us are not willing to go to the full extent of loving. Why? Well, because once we love ourselves and know who we are, we then know what we want or don't want. We must always be true to ourselves before we can be true to another. Sometimes we give what we feel is our all. And then after a while, we start to see there are no improvements. And we just become emotionally exhausted. That's when it's time to reevaluate our situation. Maybe it's time to just let go. But how and when do you know when it's time to let go? It's a good question. Usually it's just like, you know, a feeling. You just know. It's a feeling you get, especially if you both of you decide that, hey, this isn't working. Maybe we should just separate. Separation is not bad. Gives you time to work on yourself. Become, become, become a better version of you, you know? But, <clears throat> so to answer this question, when do you know and how do you know it's time to let go? I ran across this blog from psychologytoday.com and it's a blog based on rediscovering love and it's called when it's time to let go and it was written by randy gunther and i felt like this was this was a good blog that you know kind of got in not kind of but that really got into like Things that break a union ship down to the point that maybe, you know, it's no longer in repair. 
you know, um, so you can help probably evaluate if that's the state of your unionship, your relationship, your marriage, whatever it is. Like I said, I will include the link in the description area so you guys can go over there and actually read the full blog because I only took out excerpts that, you know, um, that, you know, provided substance from what, from what, you know, the point the author was making to help further the points that I'm making, hopefully, hope, hoping it will help, you know, <laughs> help people get into a better start to get somewhere, you know, it's just a start, you know, you should always seek professional help when things, you know, um, there, there are counselors out there, there are therapists out there that really, that really, you know, are experts on this that can help you, you know, get through these things. But <clears throat> let's see what Grandy Gunther, Gunther is discussing on psychologytoday.com. Randy Gunther, PhD, is a clinical psychologist and marriage counselor practicing in Southern California and is also the author of the blog that I'm going to read from. And again, like I told you guys before, the description, um, the link will be in the description area so that, you know, you can go back over it and actually read into it and get all the full information because there's really some deep and important stuff in these blogs. So she discusses this topic on when it's time to let go. She starts with number one, small irritations that grate over time. Okay, she says small, small irritations that grate over time. She goes on to say, unfortunately, over time, some of the dis distressful behaviors begin to fester and are harder for the other partner to ignore. There can be little things like leaving clothes on the floor, being chronically late, or forgetting a promise. There are more serious ones like still staying close to an old boy or old girlfriend, getting a little too drunk, or not paying the bills on time. When these upsetting behaviors hit a critical mass, the other partner may be unable to tolerate them anymore. When the good connections are eroded by accumulated resentments, the relationship's balance shifts in the wrong direction, and the good that once kept the partnership intact becomes buried under layers of disappointment and disillusionment. So that's that's the first thing that um, Randy Gunther explains to us. So we're going to go on to the second one. What's the second one? Unacceptable behaviors that were not revealed at the beginning of the relationship. Okay. She goes on to say, most new lovers purposely hide past behaviors that have negatively affect their other relationships. They hope that once the new relationship is established, their partner will be more likely to forgive those old transgressions. No matter how tolerant a new partner may be, 
There are also certain late confessions that can destroy even the most desirable of relationships. The partner who has bought into believing that the other is trustworthy in, the, in those crucial areas may be unable to accept past behaviors that challenge both that they happened at all and that they were concealed in the first place. She gives us an example of this, but I'm going to only share one. So please use the link to read the rest. Any past Hitting behavior that might be unacceptable to a new partner can be a deal breaker when it's finally revealed. Whether one partner should tell another about them can vary by the seriousness of the issue and whether or not its aftermath will ultimately affect the new relationship. So one example that... um she did um, give us in more details because I'll give another one since I feel like that one didn't go into, didn't give a good example of what I feel is clear. Um, let's see. Where is it? Okay, so... Okay, she said, like, an unmentioned child, large debts that must be eventually paid out of mutual resources. There are more, but like I said, you go read that and, you know, you can get the full scope of this blog and what she had to offer to this topic. Because it's very good. So that's how it be sometimes, you know. That's why, you know, we have this phrase around us when we say we put the cards on the table. Like, you know, just let a person know everything that we can tell you about. Our, you know, not everything of our past, but things that, you know, may be important to that person or that could further hurt. You may not catch everything, but... You know, what could probably buy you some time is if is if you are as honest and forthright as possible. So in case there's something you neglected to say happens to come up, it doesn't have to be a whole big old blowout. Like, oh, you deceived me or, oh, you lied to me. And it doesn't have to turn into anything else that person would know. Like, well, typically, you know, you're a trustworthy and honorable person. So why would I leave room to doubt that, you know, you just probably honestly forgot about, you know, that situation or telling me or whatever. It doesn't have to be a whole big old thing. It's something that you guys can communicate on and work out. Let's see what's next. Um, The third one is mutually, mutually exclusive important needs. Um, potentially differences rarely come to light early in, re in a relationship. And this is all according to Randy Gunther, the blogger of this. It is only when resources are pooled that partners begin to reveal what they can live without 
compromise on or are willing to change. Those differences need to be sorted out with mutual respect and support, but often bring out behaviors that neither partner could have anticipated or lived with. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, like, you know, as time goes along, you know, somebody may always eat up all the last of the leftovers, you know, or you, you know, or is running up a bill more so than the other. And it's like, you know, you know, things like that, you know, cost money and, you know, you never know what a person had they had a mind made up on and then you know when you have to share a space and you sharing your life with someone you know you know it's all cute in the beginning but as time goes along these things probably start to get on your nerves and you know some people take 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 certain things in their life very serious like we've heard them crazy news stories about people have getting killed over the last cigarette or, 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 or a cup of juice, things like that. You know, it should never be that drastic, but that's what happens in time. It's like, if you guys don't, you know, sort these things out and kind of have respect for one another and the things that, you know, each person may take serious or whole value to. The next one is diminishing illusions. It is totally normal for those exaggerated illusions to diminish over time and the partners grow to know each other more deeply. What is considered highly desirable at the beginning may have a negative downside that isn't revealed until the relationship matures. Like, you know, let's see, what's an example? Um, a person could probably have like, you could probably meet a person that happened, okay, they, they go out to parties every now and then. It's no big deal. Okay, that person's fun. But then as you go, as, as time goes along and that person is out every weekend, then that person is out every night. It's like, okay, well, you know, in the beginning, like, I love, you know, yeah, you was fun. You was out there. You was on the, you know, you was cutting up and everything. Yeah, that was cool. You know, we was having a good time. It was like, you know, you saw, you saw that person as being lively and, and being, you know, sociable. But then it, be, then it gets to be after a while, it's like, Okay, you're a little too lit. You're a little too friendly. Like, when do you tone some of that down? Like, you know, I get it. You like to have fun, but every day, every night with everybody, you know, it gets to be a little too much. You know what I mean? So that's the best example that I could come up with. I'm sure there are some that are far more serious then I'm bringing up. The next one is external stressors. Stressors stretch a couple's capacity to learn and grow. If they cannot triumph over them, they run the risk of finding each other inadequate. 
finding fault with each other's reactions and responses, they would begin to lose trust and separate to solve their problems alone. Sometimes there is just too much heartache and in any relationship can go down when too much is too much. Everybody knows like when they always say the biggest, the biggest issue that couples fight over or divorce over is finances. And when there is a lack of and not enough of finances that can wear on the couple. That could wear on you. Wears on the environment, you know, it wears on your mind, you know, your mentals, which then starts wearing on, you know, your emotions. You know, uh, some people get so stressed out that they start to neglect their loved ones because they're so stressed out on how to keep everything above water, keep everything above float, that they kind of don't make no room for, you know, just enjoying the fact that they're with that person or that they have a family or they have other things going on with that person. They get so consumed with like the way things happen. And then sometimes you may have a partner that, that refuse to let stress get to them. You have one partner that worries too much, you know, sometimes Sometimes it's because you're, you know, just because you're in a bad mood. That could grate on your nerves. That could get on your nerves. Like, well, why don't you care as much as I do? Or, 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 or why are you always bringing it up every single day? You know, it's like, and those things kind of, you know, wear on a person. It, wear, it wears on a relationship, you know? And it is unfortunate when you have a unionship, in order to get past those things, you know, sometimes couples have to separate in order to do that, in order to get past those hard times. Because there's nothing more beautiful as if you can get through a, a hard time together. You know how victorious you feel if you guys got through it together? And sometimes, like, what people have to understand, sometimes is, is how you get through it that matters too. It's not the fact that you can't get through it. It's how you get through it. Did you get through it with less fighting? Did you, did you, you know, did you get through it and didn't have to come out of pocket so much? Or, you know, it's how you get through it, you know? What else is next? Um, oh, the six. The next one. We're on number six, guys. This one discusses power struggles. They may not even realize that they're behaving that way, but it's clear that it seems like an innocent invitation has now become a demand with a clear or else behind it. If power struggles persist. Persist. Couples go from being a team to adversaries on opposite sides of the playing field. Too soon, they begin to save themselves at the expense of the other's needs. So, 
I don't know if you guys ever seen a couple when two people want to be the boss of the household. You both can be the bosses of the household, but each has to play their role. Sometimes you have somebody who wants to play all the roles. If you have two people that want to play all the roles, that could just be a headache. That could just be explosive. When truth be told, everybody just takes on their own perspective roles and just work together as a team. To me, that's the best way. But some people just doesn't don't know how to allow someone else to have any type of control in their life. You know, some people don't like the feeling of not being in control, you know. Um, it could be trust issues. It could be any factor, you know. But when you get to the point, like, like you, you want, you, you want... You want you want you you want the control so bad that you don't kind of care what you do or say to the other person as long as you're maintaining control. That's a problem. That's a real big problem. Number seven, becoming superficial. So Randy Gunther goes on to say, it is all too common and terribly sad when partners cannot go beyond superficial interactions without the courage or capability to allow their core selves to connect. The relationship will fall prey to shallow connections over time. If they tried in their current relationship and have not been well received, they may recoil and return to acting in ways that seem less threatening. As, in, as intimate conversations become more difficult, a couple's chance of sharing hearts and souls in a deepening way begins to expire. Soon, they are more likely to share who they really are with each other rather than with, no, oh, I'm sorry, with others. They, okay, I'm sorry, let me read that. Soon, they are more likely to share who they really are with others rather than with each other. Fearful of scarring the relationship further, they stay com they stay with comfortable and non-threatening words and behaviors. In other words, they tell you what you want to hear so that they don't have to be further exposed and have to deal with all the fights and arguments and hurt and drama that come along if they really if they really expose who they truly are deep down inside. It's kind of be it's kind of like a deceptive behavior if you ask me. Um, she proceeds on saying, over time, their interactions become predictable rituals, requiring less and less effort to others. They may appear to be totally compatible. They are really just repeating known and secure habitual behaviors. In time, they will become more susceptible to new and more intriguing experiences. So basically, in other words, they kind of live in a lie. And when something that really, you know, entices them or excites them, they're going to go for it. Because truth be told, they're not living in their truth. They're just living a lie at the end of the day. 
So they kind of step out of what, you know, what, 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 what you all created to be the norm. And they step out of line because they're just going along with the motion of things. Boredom. That's next. Okay, that's number eight. If a couple has made every effort to know each other deeply and comes to the end of that discovery, they will begin to take each other for granted and put less energy into a dull and habitual relationship. Taking the position of, aren't I good enough as I am? Or you knew who I was when we met and it was okay then, wasn't it? Our rationales that cover the lack of interest in continuous growth. Very often one partner moves ahead in his or her evolution and the other steadfastly stays the same. If no amount of requests, pleading, or threatening changes that pattern, the person who were once enthralled will feel entrapped in the same old, same old and needs to move on. That's self-explanatory. That kind of goes with um, the one above it of, you know, like kind of like, so now, so, so, so it goes with kind of like with that whole superficial thing. If you can't, if you, if you can't get deeper with a person, you just only know like the surface and they, and they don't allow you to scratch beneath the surface and they're just doing what they think that you like or whatever that is not going to pose a problem. It's like, they get bored and if they get bored and they come to you and they say, Hey, you know, let's make some switches and let some changes. And you just not with those changes or whatever, you know, of course, over in time you got boredom. And sometimes when people get bored, you know, they have to find other things to entertain them. Hopefully this is something healthy that they do, but a lot of times it's not a lot of times something that they find entertaining to do is hurtful on the relationship on the unionship and it causes people to have to separate. Um, what else? Deadness. On the surface, it may seem magically compatible, quietly successful union, but the lack of excitement and energy observed can be a powerful warning sign that there is trouble brewing. The partners within within it may have become robotic and predictable creatures who soon learn each other's every phrase, action, and thought. They no longer need to pay attention to know what is going on. There are no surprises, no challenges, no growth. These people seem to go through life as if in a house of mirror. As long as there is no conflict, they do not color outside the lines, nor feel that energy diminishing. If their passive behavior is confined to the relationship, they will eventually have little to say to each other and even lessened passion. That just goes along with the last couple of points we're making. You know, some people just like things to be a particular way. And if they don't want to spice things up or, you know, shake things up, like, you know, they may have to find somebody that 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 likes that 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 doesn't like any spiciness, just likes everything bland. And the spicy person may have to find somebody that likes something spicy. It just happens like that. And sometimes opposites do attract, but 
you know, a lot of times they clash. So, there you go. You get your boredom. You get your deadness. You know what I mean? <laughs> what else is next? Um, 10. Self-serving escapes that become more important than the primary relationship. Which is what we were kind of touching on. That boredness, that habitualness, if especially if a person is not really living their truth. Or not so much another truth, but if a person just becomes bored over in time, they may start to, you know branch out into other things or there are times where people can walk into certain situations with those things and the other party just don't know so here goes the triangle so here here goes the triangles between two committed people when one is addicted to something or someone else will always diminish the unique bond between them whenever something or someone becomes more important to one partner than the other the relationship will be threatened. If the addictive partner is not willing to look at the cost of his or her relationship, the partner deprived of a vote will eventually become distressed enough to disconnect. Any escape that competes, diminishes, or threatens a relationship should be fair play for exploration and repair. Remember, the common resources of a relationship can only be distributed by mutual agreement if the partnership is important to both. One person cannot unilaterally decide to use those resources without the permission of the other, without destroying the sanctity of that agreement. Can I just tell you one thing? Randy Gunther said that is more in that part but i just picked out the key parts but i'm telling you she said that that is so important that goes back to the first show that we did about true love about sacred say um sacredness and um mutual respect you know all the aspects all the characteristics of true love she said that so basically a lot of times you have infidelity in a relationship or you have like drug or alcohol abuse or you may have gambling and you know a person can have you know a habit of some sort and it may carry on and seem as like it's an affair of some sort with another with another person who being when it, what it is is that person is so in love with that habit and that habit takes priority over everything not only the relationship not only the relationship with your husband and your wife but maybe the the relationships you have with family members and friends and so forth like you know when you have situations like that going on it's better to address the situation and find out early on that you know, if the person that has the issue has the problem, are they willing to stop, do whatever it takes to stop and let it go because it's affecting the dynamics between the two of you? 
If they're not willing to stop, then you have to make some, you have to make that choice to let them go because there's nothing that's going to change. So that's really important. And I think that, um, uh, Randy Gunther broke that down very well. The last one is escalating misunderstandings and misassumptions. Okay. So we're at the last one. Many people in maturing relationships forget how to listen carefully without jumping to conclusions, especially with regard to what their partners are actually feeling or thinking. They believe that their familiarity has entitled them to thinking that they know everything that they need to know about the other, even if one or the other has changed. Warning signs could have been could have, could, have, could have been addressed earlier, and the relationship would have still had the vitality needed to reconfigure it. But many couples with the best of efforts and intentions have been unable to stop themselves from destroying the love that was once there. If they try, if they have tried their best for as long as they were able, and still found themselves unable to triumph over their relationship heartbreaks. They must leave one another with respect and gratitude and take the lessons learned as sacred bounty to use next in their next in to use them in their next relationship. So sometimes, right? <laughs> and you guys probably have seen people that been through this and been through this yourself. When someone when somebody um people forget no one stays the same. When we when we're brought into this world as babies, we grow up into be toddlers, we grow up into be, you know, kids and teenagers and, you know, young adults and, you know, into, you know, mature adults, into seniors and so forth, so forth. So with that said, if our body is constantly changing and evolving, so 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 can our way of thinking. So who we once were, we may not still be that person later on. And people forget that. So you, when you when you go into a union, you always have to keep in mind that typically we're supposed to mature. We're supposed to grow individually. That's why it's dope if two people can come together and mature and grow individually. But together throughout life, you got something going there. That's something deep. So you can't always assume that that person is always going to be the same person you met. How many people, you know, started out, you know, when they were younger, they was all heavily into one, one, one career, one field. And then by the time, by the time, you know, the kids come and, you know, you know, marriages come, the kids come and, you know, life has come with the bills and everything and, they switch career paths and who they were when they were younger. They're not there. Uh, they're not that same person as a, as an older individual, because maybe they outgrew it. You know, the requirements in their life, their needs and their life changed. So they're no longer that person anymore. The issue becomes when, if a person stays the same forever, that goes back to that 
whole that's that kind of like a touch on the superficial the boredom the boredom the deadness if a person stays the same and they're not growing and they're not maturing there's something wrong there because typically how this earth works nothing really stays the same like you know it evolves at some point in time even if we don't see it right before our eyes in real time there's a constant evolution going on so if we if we continue everything the same way, you know, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it could be good for a while, but then when everything else around it starts to change and it can't keep up, then it's going to get lost. So we have to think about that. So it's like, take time out to listen to what your partner is saying to you, you know, um, and really take it in. It goes back to that communication thing where it's like not only do you seek to understand, but you also have to be understood as well. So it goes back to that old good old fashioned communication of really listening to your 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 partner, like really processing what they're saying to you, really trying to actually hear it and 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 and, and apply it to 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 life. Well, so <clears throat> that was um, psychology today. That was a blog um, um, by um, Randy Gunther. Um, like I said, I will include that link in the description so y'all can really see that blog in details because there was some really good information in there. But I just couldn't put that all in there. So um, does anybody have any questions, anything they want to add to it before I proceed on? Before I proceed on, because this is the, you know, part three of this. Hopefully this is helpful to somebody or whatever. Okay, so I can go ahead, I can go ahead and go on. Now that you have been giving info on this matter, remember this. It's still up to the two people in the union ship to decide. Even when the couple seek out counseling, the decision is still in the hands of both parties. Be very careful about taking advice from outsiders, even if they are in the position you aim to be in, because what works for them may not work for you. We have to keep in mind, only we know what's in our hearts and our own intentions. At the end of the day, the two of you are the ones that are dealing with each other not the outsiders. Well, <clears throat> this concludes this topic on deciding when to let go. Um, hopefully this has gotten, getting you guys to a good start. Um, hopefully this was some good information. I found some helpful information that hopefully you did too. So please stay tuned, you know, for the next topic. I hope you enjoyed the show on the Royal Ladies Empire podcast hosted by me, Jules Crown, dedicated to unity, personal development, and mental maturity, mental maturity while bringing you interviews from entrepreneurs, educators, and entertainers. Please feel free to explore other episodes and leave your feedback. Remember to be blessed and royal and stay there. 
Thank you again.